hey, I want to jump in now today uh, in case I feel very, I'm feeling a little preachery today, a little evangelistic maybe, and I got to make sure I don't want to spread germs. Uh, so I have, I have, oh, well, let's see. I got some gloves I can put on in case this mic is contaminated by Brower. And uh, how you get these gloves on? Somebody mind telling me? These are supposed to be large, even, but I, I got them. Yeah, look, this is about the best I can do right here. Maybe it'll work, but I, well, I got, but I got my Move Church mask. Hey, uh, look. Well, wait a minute. My gloves have been contaminated because they've been in my pocket, so now my mask ain't gonna work. But I got some antibacterial. Look, that'll make it all right. Amen. Look, look, wait a minute. I hope this ain't the one that's been recalled. They say that could kill you. Y'all heard about the bacteria, antibacterial that there could kill you? Anybody heard about that? It could. But I got me a mask, man. I got me a, got me a mask just in case all the others don't work. All right, got me a mask just so keep. Oh, that ain't going to work either then. <laughs> and y'all, and we are wearing we're wearing a mask, trying to do our best. And, I, and look, you gotta have fun. Look, if you if you don't laugh about some of this, you will go stir crazy. But I wanted to bring all this up because it goes with my message today. Some illustrations, so you'll see in a moment how all of this craziness fits in. Uh, today, I want to look at a story uh, in our key text, and the story is where Peter and John. They uh, are, are confronted with a lame man from birth. And the Bible says that uh, the lame man was healed. And this created quite a commotion in the city. Uh, as, as this man, who was, people have known have been lame from birth, is, is healed now, gloriously healed. And a crowd begins to form around Peter and John, and, and they take advantage of, of the crowd, by begin, they begin proclaiming Christ and, um, and him crucified. Well, the problem is the, the elders, the chief priests, uh, hear about, they, they come to see what this commotion is about, and they hear Peter proclaiming Christ crucified and resurrected, and um, they realize they're, they're the ones that crucified him. And so they have a problem with Peter and John, and they do what any kind of religious person would do that, that's very uncomfortable with the move of God. They put Peter and John in prison to try to silence them, <clears throat> and they brought them before the high priest the next day so they could hear what actually happened. <clears throat> they knew something happened. They saw the lame man healed, so they bring Peter and John before them next day, and, and we pick up on that story in Acts 4, beginning at verse 13. It says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. When you get around Jesus, you're going to be changed. I mean, when you come to a... a church service like this where the presence of God is manifest and, you, and you, you're around people who are godly and you, 
you are you hear the word of God and you're opening up your heart and Jesus begins to move in and and begins to infect your life. You are changed. And you people that know you the best when you start submitting to God, giving your life to God and he starts changing you, they understand, hey, I well, maybe they don't understand everything that's going on, but they can tell something has happened. These men have been with, with Jesus. We can tell it. And it says, uh, but since they saw the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. There's an evidence there. And when they see your life, they may not want to serve your Jesus, but they can tell something's different about you. There's no way to deny that look but so they ordered them to withdraw from the sanhedrin and they conferred together what are we going to do with these men they ask everyone living in jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign and we cannot deny it but to stop this thing from spreading <laughs> we got to do some stuff to stop this contagion from spreading these can I paraphrase a little bit and keep it in, in context? These people have been around Jesus. They got Jesus on them, and we need to do something to keep this from spreading. Don't we want to be contagious for Jesus today? We must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Verse 18, then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, and I love this, what, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Jesus done done too much for us. He's all over us. He's in us. Uh, it's just going to come out. And so today I want to talk to you a few moments about how to be highly contagious for Jesus. Highly contagious. Contagious defined as something that is likely to spread to and affect others. I just heard this, this week that Mississippi is um, now the leading state in the most corona cases per capita. Anybody hear that on the news? And it doesn't surprise me because we like to get together, don't we? We like, to, we like to fellowship and eat together and all of that. And, and we do need, a, need to do a better job as a state to keep from spreading the virus, but I think we could also agree that we need to do a better job at becoming contagious and affecting our whole state for Jesus. To be contagious, you must be able to be a carrier. A carrier means that you have something that can easily be passed on to others. So we're going to play with that just for a moment, some, some of these symbolisms today. And I, I want to challenge us all to become contagious carriers for Christ. In the first way, we need to become a carrier of the love of God. You know, the greatest symptom of being a Christian 
is to have the love of God in your heart. Please don't proclaim Christ without showing the love of Christ in your heart. And just like a cough will get you noticed in Kroger, the love of God will get you noticed in the world. Amen? <laughs> Jesus said this, By this everyone will know you're my disciples if you love one another. I'm so glad to have a church full of people who love one, uh, one another. And the love of God is contagious to the lonely, to the broken, to the abused. They need to see and hear and witness a life changed by the love of God. Now, if you're struggling with living and walking with the love of God for others, hear me, you're probably struggling with your love for God. Because the love of God, love for others, the love of God, comes from my love for God. Jesus said the greatest commandments are these. The first one is this, the love of the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's my love for God. Then he says the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself, love of God. So as long as I have love for God, I have love of God. And when I'm lacking in love of God, I am lacking in love for God. And many times, things creep into our hearts, right, to, to displace our love for God. We start being concerned about other things. We start maybe thinking about ourselves and, and loving our own desires more than we're loving God. Or maybe there's other things like sin that creeps into our heart that displaces our love for God. Maybe it's something that you say, well, you know, that I can't help it. Maybe it's things like unforgiveness and that moves in your heart. And the Bible calls that sin. It says your sins cannot be forgiven. And when you allow unforgiveness to come into your heart, that displaces your love for God. So then you don't have love for others. Have you ever seen any angry church people? Man, they're some of the meanest people you can meet. And they may have the Christian hair and the Christian song and the Christian amen and the, and the cliches. But if you don't have love for God, you, I question your Christianity. So we have to have love for God first before we can ever walk in God's love, love of God. Maybe... You have become judgmental and angry. Maybe you've become calloused and cold. Maybe it's just your concern for your own self and your own desires more than God's. And if that's the case, can I help us today? The gospel's good news. And the way we can remedy that is we can be reinfected again with the love for God. Well, Pastor, how do we do that? We just wrap ourselves around the cross of Christ, the symbol of God's love for us. We repent. We come to the cross, and we let the cross get all over us again. You hear me today? And then we, again, can have love for God and love of God in our lives. And, and that's what it was about Peter and John. They could tell they had been with Jesus because of their passionate love for God. And their love for others, they were highly contagious 
for Jesus. Another way we need to be a carrier is this. We need to be a contagious carrier for the gospel of Jesus. Well, pastor, are you saying we're all to be called preachers? Yes. Every one of us are called to preach. I just stand behind the pulpit sometimes. Our lives, if you are a Christian, you are called to declare the good news of Jesus Christ. It's not that you have to memorize the Roman road. It would be good. The Roman road for salvation would be good. It's not that you have to go to Bible school. You don't have to do that. You declare what God has done in your life. You declare your good news the way God has changed you. We are all called to be carriers of the gospel of Jesus. Jesus told his disciples to start a pandemic of a different kind. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Y'all, can I tell you the job has not been fulfilled? There's still a world that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus. There's people in your neighborhoods, people in my neighborhoods that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus. My generation became or, 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 or showed signs of being immune to the gospel. To be immune means that it doesn't affect you any longer. And because of my generation being immune to the things of God, now the generations after all, the millennials and the whatever they call the next generation after that, there is a generational immunity to the things of God. It doesn't affect them. Your Jesus doesn't affect them. But if they see the love of God operating in your life, and if they hear what God has done for your life, it will get through to them. You can be a contagious carrier of Jesus and affect them. Don't you believe that? I believe you do. And we're called to do that. We're called to affect those around us in our backyards. You know, Jesus, Jesus commands us to go and declare the gospel. It's not a casual suggestion. It's not something that we just should consider as a good personal note as a Christian, a good goal for us to do. It's to be our life's purpose. That's the reason we're still on this earth. When we receive Christ, that's the reason he didn't rapture us. We have a world to change, a world to infect for Jesus. And the scripture tells us, look at what it says in 2 Corinthians. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And that is our message. Be right with God. Be reconciled because of Christ and the cross. You can be changed. That is the good news of Jesus. And if you've experienced that, you are Christ's ambassadors. Called to be a carrier of Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Many of us were carriers of a bunch of other stuff, Miss Shelby. We are sad to say. We should affect other people with the bad stuff. Come on. And when we receive Christ, he calls us to be gospel carriers. The good news. And that's for every 
one of us. We are to infect those around us. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. I love Peter and John. We read it just a moment ago. They told him to quit declaring Jesus, and they said, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. What about it, church? Can we help ourselves? If, if there's no speaking of what God has done for us, maybe he, we're not allowing him to do anything for us lately. I just hit all kind of buttons. But when we open our hearts for him to work in our lives, oh, it's going to affect us, affect us so much that we're going to want to share. I'm glad one person thinks so, but thank you. Now, we got to also be carriers of the power of the Spirit. If you are a Christian, the Spirit of God has moved in life, in your life, and you have His presence. The Bible says the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. Isn't that amazing? That, that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, is in our life. Another scripture says this, that we have this treasure in jars of clay, the power of God in jars of clay, to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. There's another story about Peter to show how contagious he was for Jesus. Let me set it up just a moment for you. There's a man by the name of Cornelius. He was a Gentile, so he wasn't a Jew. He was a Gentile that feared God, but he didn't know the gospel of Christ. And he gets in a visitation from an angel telling him he needs to hear from Peter. Well, at the same time, Peter is getting a vision telling him, you need to talk to this man, Cornelius. And I love it. So it happens just like the vision and the angel said, Cornelius sends for Peter. Peter comes to Cornelius' house. And the thing I love about Cornelius, he knows God is fixing to speak to him. Something's fixing to happen. He gathers his whole family in his house. I mean, I, I'm, I'm guessing cousins and nieces and nephews, the whole family is in his house because he wants them to hear this message from God. And as Peter shows up with some of the other believers, they begin to proclaim Jesus. Just They were carriers of the gospel. And they begin to proclaim the message of Christ. And look at what happens. Acts 10, verse 44, it says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. Man, they received Christ and they received the power of God. And look at what it said. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Don't you want that for your family? Man, to be believers and full of the power of God. And God wants to use us in those ways if we are carriers of the power of, of the Spirit. And church, we need to become so infected and filled with the power of God that wherever we go, we infect people with the power of God. This is good. I'm telling you, I'm about to get myself happy. May we have an outbreak of the Holy Ghost 
in our families, in our churches, in our nation. Amen? And what are some of the symptoms? What are some of the symptoms of being a carrier of the power of God? You know, when you walk in certain places, they ask you, do you have symptoms of corona? And I, I, I think I lied the other day because they asked me, did I ever cough? Like, yeah. I said, no. I'm sure I coughed somewhere in the last two years. I don't know. And, and the symptoms, though, for a passion, um, for being a carrier of the power of God is a passion for God and the desire to change the world, to reach the lost. You have a heart for people around you that don't know Jesus. A symptom is to be a desire to be closer to God. A symptom is to have your life changed more and more. Day by day, you understand you need God to make it, and you want more of Him. These are some of the symptoms if the power of God, if you're a carrier of the power of God. I mean, I'm talking about a Bible-believing, power-praying, Jesus-preaching, devil-hating, world-changing, full of the power of God, contagious carrier. Man, we may put that on a shirt. We want to be carriers of the love of God, so we've got to have love for God. And we're called to be carriers of the gospel. You have people that God wants you to reach all around you. And God wants to fill us up with his spirit so we understand that it's not anything we can do but him working through us. So, you know, the way the kingdom of God works, it's opposite in many ways of the natural world. And in the natural world, it tells you to do these things so you won't be contagious to others, infect others. But there's some symbolism to these things that we should do if we want to be contagious for Christ, okay? So hang with me. Let me give you about four of those. So how to become contagious for Christ? First of all, you got to have clean hands and a pure heart. you got to keep your hands clean and a pure heart. You know, those two are connected. The Scripture shows us one verse in James, it says, come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. He's talking to the church. And purify your hearts, you double-minded. So your hands and your heart are connected. Your hands do the actions of your heart. You act out what's in your heart with your hands. Also, what you allow your hands to do, your heart receives. If your hands are clean, then your heart is clean. If your hands are dirty, then your heart is dirty. It becomes contaminated. And vice versa. If your heart is dirty, your hands are going to act out what's in your heart. The psalmist says this in Psalms 24. I don't have it for you on the screen, but it says this. Who may ascend to the mountain of God, of the, of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who does not trust in an idol or swear by false doctrines. So if your hands, your actions are contaminated by harmful things, sinful things, then your heart is contaminated. And the cure is coming 
to the cross of Christ and allowing him to cleanse us from our sins. And to, when, when he cleanses our heart, then our actions match it. Amen? And we all need to be clean at times. The world gets too much on us. I mean, the best Christian I know at times has to repent because of the thoughts and the, and the attitudes and the filth of this world. Have you ever seen a time where there's more hatred, where there's more evil, where evil is good and good is evil? And it's so easy to get contaminated. And so we, we all need to make it a daily habit to wash our hands by cleaning our heart, asking God to clean our heart. You see what I'm saying there? Clean heart equals a clean hands, and clean hands equal a clean heart, and it all comes by the blood of Jesus. And God wants to cleanse us today so we can be highly contagious for him. So they tell you to wear the mask. I'm trying to do better at that. But we also should carefully guard our mouth. Mm. I'm going to go ahead and say that one on that one. Mm. And one thing I've noticed about wearing a mask, first thing is I can't breathe. This shirt is really white, but because I can't breathe, it looks blue. I don't know. One thing I can tell about wearing the mask, I talk less because it takes more oxygen. And because it takes more oxygen, I, I, I choose my words carefully. And I guess that's a very positive thing because we all need to do that. Amen. And the scripture even tells us, look, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Now, raise your hand right now if you need that prayer in your life. You need to pray that. As a matter of fact, every one of you need to raise your hands. <laughs> Set a guard. We all say things we shouldn't say. Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep a watch over the door of my lips. And the words that we can say can be more harmful than any kind of germ around. The Bible says with our mouth we can speak words of life or death. With our words. I'm meddling now. It's getting good in this house. And if you want to be contagious for Christ, you must watch your words carefully. It's interesting that the psalmist uses the word door. Keep a watch over the door of my lips. Because a door gives access. So my words, the words of my mouth, either give access for the Holy Spirit to work in me and through me, or the devil to work in me and through me. A door. I don't like wearing a mask, but if it helps someone else, I'm willing to do it. But I need to be a little bit more concerned about watching the words of my mouth to make sure they help somebody else too. Now, I'm just preaching to myself. I'm just preaching to myself. And, you know, we got to, the CDC says, hey, if you got a shield, it would be a good idea to wear one. I am waiting for us to have to wear a full body suit. I really want a stormtrooper costume, the whole thing. 
I, I, I'm waiting for that, but we are to wear a shield to protect our eyes because they say the virus can even get in your eyes. And, but the Bible's been saying we needed to protect our eyes for a long time. It says, protect, oh, yeah, this is protect, protect your eyes. I guess if you, you've got two eyes, you've got to protect both of them. Okay, so here's what the Scripture says. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Our eyes are so important because they are the gateway to our mind. And what we allow ourselves to see can get in our mind, okay? And what gets in our mind can become who you actually are. So it's so important for you to protect what your eyes see. We need to protect our eyes from lustful things. We need to protect our eyes from pornography. I don't care what the devil tells you if it's natural for a man or not. If you want to preserve your life, you protect your eyes. Those things that are harmful to our eyes do not preserve your life. They contaminate your life. So we have to protect our eyes. And maybe some of us need to protect our eyes for some gossip. Maybe we need to protect our eyes from having to see exactly what they're doing, when they're doing it, how they're doing it. I'm really meddling now. I was expecting it to get quiet. Maybe we need to protect our eyes from news. Um, if you're wondering why you're mad all the time, probably you're watching too much news. Man, I, I think everybody's out to get me sometimes when I'm watching news. And there's a conspiracy with everything. The, the girl at Chick-fil-A, she is trying to do something for the government. I know it. <laughs> we just need to protect our eyes. If we want to preserve our life for Jesus, there are things that we need to watch out to be careful. It'll contaminate your life. And you know what it is already. The Lord will let you know if you belong to him. The scripture says this, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. You notice the difference, that some things may not be sin, but they sure can hinder your walk with God. Some things that we allow ourselves will, in our lives can hinder us and entangle us. And it says, look, so important, if you want to do this, let us run with perseverance the race mark for us. And how do we do it? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, or the beginning and the end, the maturer of our faith, that we fix our eyes on Jesus. And when my eyes are fixed on Jesus, I'm not focused on the other stuff that will pollute me. That's the best shield you can get. Fixing your eyes on, y'all, Christian is so important this day and time. There's so much deception. There's, there's, there's just so much bitterness and hatred and, and everything else. You've got to fix your eyes today on Jesus. I, I would say more than ever before. Would you stand? I'm going to give you this last one. Now, I hate this last one, I tell you, and I get it. They're just trying to figure it out, okay? I, I, I get it. Trying to stop the spirit. I get it. I get it. But I hate this terminology. 
social distance. <clears throat> I'm so sick of hearing social distance because how far are we supposed to distance? Uh, six feet ain't enough. They say if you sneeze, it can go two miles. I mean, I don't know. I mean, so how? I went to a cashier the other day just spread, trying to spread some joy of the Lord, and, and uh, I told her I wasn't going to be able to pay for all I got because my money's a little socially distanced right now. <laughs> she laughed a little bit. Social distance. And, and I get it. Again, I, I understand. We're trying to do those things in this church. We don't want anybody to be sick, and I don't want to be sick either, okay? But we also need to be concerned about distancing ourselves from worldly standards. Worldly things, worldly systems, worldly thoughts, worldly standards. Like I said a moment ago, there's never been a time, I think, where evil is considered good and good is considered evil. World standards, they're in direct opposition to the kingdom of God. The closer you get to God, the more than you can realize that. You know, there's an old saying that, um, that's been preached in, in a sense so much that I actually thought it was a scripture one time. But it just summarizes some scripture. You probably heard it if you've been in church for a minute. The saying is this, to be in the world but not of the world. To be in the world but not of the world. And here the scripture says, 1 John do not love the world or anything in the world, for if anyone loves the world, the love for the Father is not in them. So it's talking about the love for the world's ways, the world's systems, the, world, the standards of the world that, hey, if you want something, you better go get it for yourself. That's the world's systems. If you're going if, if to take care, if you want somebody to take care, you better take care of yourself. Or if somebody does you wrong, you better do it back to them, revenge. All that's the world systems. You cannot, you better distance yourself from that and apply godly principles to your life. That if you want to be blessed, you give. That if you've been hurt, but you want to stay free and not harmed, you better forgive. That's godly principles. And I want to read you this verse that really troubles me. There's some verses in the Bible that trouble me, but they are the Bible, they are the truth. But it's some that's some, some sort of hard to swallow. And, I, and to be completely honest, it, it's like I, I, I'm troubled sometimes reading this verse. I'm fixing to give it to you, Matthew. Jesus said, enter through the narrow gate. I understand that. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. So that's the world systems, the world's ways, right? Broad, many. But look at this next verse. It says, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And look at this last phrase. And only a few find it. And I think in this day and time, and it's going to be more so in the future. For you to be a Christian, you're going to stand out with the few. You ain't going to have to wear a T-shirt to say you're a Christian. You can keep the bumper sticker if you want to on the car, but that's not going to say you're a Christian. It's if you're a Christian, your way is going to be so different, you're not going to have to proclaim it much. Because you're going to be swimming 
against the tide. Only a few find it. Now, I'm hoping God's few is more than my few. When I say I got a few dollars, that means a few dollars. <laughs> I'm hoping God's few means many, many more than I can imagine, don't you? I want to close with this one. Um, you know, this last verse, before I do, just a couple of statements. They say the coronavirus started with one person. We'll know the truth in 10 years from now. But one person gets it from an animal, whatever. Uh, but that one person infected some other people, a few other people. How many people could he have come in contact with? But then those people infected other people that they were in contact with. And within a matter of months, this thing has become a pandemic hitting the world. And you know, for me and you as Christians, we, we don't have to save the whole world. We don't have to reach the whole world. Individually, we're just too in, supposed to infect those we come in contact with. We're just supposed to be so highly contagious for Jesus that everybody we come in contact with is infected. Now, we can't make them saved, right? But they have to acknowledge, wait a minute, there's something different about him. He's been with Jesus. There's something different about her. Whether I believe in her life or not, I can tell the difference. I can see the change. I can't deny that. They must have been with Jesus. They must be contagious with Jesus. See, we just have to reach those around us and and allow God to work in their life and to reach those that they reach. And before you know it, there's impact in nations. It has been throughout the history. We still just got a big job to do. And look what it says, this last verse, that we're going to pray. What it said about the early disciples, it's amazing. It says, look, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here too. They're so contagious that they have turned the world upside down for Jesus without the internet, without Facebook and Snapchat and TikTok and whatever you could come. They didn't have none of it other than the power of God, the love of God, and the gospel being carriers, contagious carriers. They infected the world, their world at that time. Everywhere they went. And that's what the Lord wants for me and you. If you've been a Christian for a month, if you've been a Christian for a day, if you've been a Christian for 57 and a half years, we're to all be the same. We're to be contagious carriers for Christ. Amen? Will you bow your head just a moment? Thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. Thank you, Lord God, for your word. Thank you, Lord God, for your salvation today. Your grace is sufficient. I want to pray with you today. If you're here today, you've never given your life to Christ. It's time to surrender. It's time to know what I'm talking about when I say to be so full and so contagious that you just, you're just going to make a difference. It's the joy of the Lord. It's the work of the Lord in your life. You just can't help it. Man, you just want to. And you'll know when you give your life 
completely. You won't be able to see it until you've been infected by him. But there's some of us today that we need to really pray and ask God to forgive us, maybe because we haven't protected our eyes. Maybe for some of us, we don't have clean hands. We know, we know, we know, and it's contaminating our heart. Maybe for some of us today that we've just allowed things that we know that's not good for us and, and it's showing up. Maybe for some of us, our words, we need to protect those. And God is a good God. He's gracious. He will forgive you. He will cleanse you from all of that. He really will. He will cleanse you, wash you clean. And then he will let you be a participant in spreading his gospel, his love, his power to others. And every one of us here want our families to be changed for Jesus. I know that. So let's pray and let's repent if we need to. It's a prayer of commitment, and we pray it together. And if you're at home, wherever you're watching this video, when you're watching this video, you can pray it right where you are. Church, we pray it out loud. Let's do it together. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son, Jesus, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Let's say it loud, y'all. Would you forgive me for all my sins? Would you come into my heart? Would you change my life? And I'll do my best to live for you in Jesus' name. Amen.